In a world filled with spyware, ransomware, fish, and more, we need you to be the hero. In this podcast, information protection and security is bringing new ways to fight back against the dangerous actors looking to do digital and physical harm. We'll give you everything you need to know on a different topic of risk every month. Coming to you from IPS with love. Welcome. Today, our guest is Joey Tamboli, and he's the Director of Information Security Assurance for Health Trust. And just like James Bond is passionate about his fast cars, Joey is passionate about locking down his and his family's personal information um, and keeping everyone safe from cyber criminals. Hi, Joey. Hi, Lisa. Thank you for this opportunity. I, re I really appreciate this, uh, this platform where I can talk about some of the things that I've found very helpful for me and my family over the, the last few years. You know, being a part of information protection and security, we have a lot of expertise on things that impact the business and, and the company. But, you know, they say the whole person comes in comes into work. And so there's that personal side for everybody that I think needs some addressing and some attention as well. So that's where I've kind of devoted uh, some of my time towards gearing people up, you know, because you can be very overwhelming Mm. Thinking about my gosh, you know, my my digital footprint is probably massive. Where do I even begin, and, and is it going to make a difference? And so, I like to tell people, yes, it, it will make a difference, and there are things you can do. And so, I'd like to you know go through some of those as we um, continue this conversation. But I do have a website that I would like to plug uh, at the end uh, with the exact address, so so that it can provide you even more uh, information about some of the things that I'm going to talk about. Great, and that has links to all these sites we're talking about, um, so no need to take notes. Yes. <laughs> well, um, you know, it's interesting, you talked about people being overwhelmed, and I think some people may be on the other side. They think, well, you know, I'm not a spy, I'm, I'm not a, a high-profile person. How much can the dark web really know about me? Yeah, well, you know, there is a plethora of information <laughs> out there. There's a lot, and it is, for most people, it's free to... To come about and, and find. So we call them people search websites and most of them are free. There are some paid mm -hmm. ones and you can dig up information on pretty much anybody in a relatively short amount of time. Wow. In fact, Lisa, I took the time before this meeting and I spent five minutes trying to find out what I could on you. And I'm not going to share it with the audience, but I did I did write down some of these things on a post-it note and I wanted you to verify if they were correct. So okay. I have your full name, including your maiden name. That is correct. I have your husband's name. Yes, that is correct as well. Your date of birth. Yes. Right, we'll keep correct. That, we'll keep that one private for sure. Um, where you live? Yes. My current address. And I, I had trouble finding a phone number. You seem to have a lot of phone numbers. So I found one. I don't know if it's your most recent one. That not. is my current landline, actually. Okay. Yeah. So I was wow. successful. So now I've got this information. Uh, if I were to un, you know, figure out a, a website or an account that you have, and the security question is, what is your maiden name? Right. I've got it. Right. Um, if it's, what is your husband's middle name? I've got it. Right. I mean, all those security questions we think keeping us safe are actually easy for anyone to find very mm -hmm. quickly. Mm -hmm. um, so that's pretty eye opening. Uh, so once someone does a, does a quick search and sees all this accurate information is out there on me, what's mm -hmm. the next step? What do mm -hmm. they do? 
Well, they will you know, use it for their advantage. These are bad actors that are primarily financially motivated mm -hmm. and they will stop at almost nothing to, to use you, impersonate mm -hmm. you, uh, maybe even try and you know, steal, steal money from, your, from, from an account that you have by answering the questions that are readily available on mm -hmm. these people search websites. Wow, so what can I do? to help lock all this down. Yeah. Well, that's the million dollar question. And you know, I'm, I'm not naive to think that, that you can completely remove yourself from the internet. That's just not possible. But there are a number of steps that you can take, you know, to not only protect yourself, but also make yourself less of a target. You know, the, the, old, the old adage of, you know, I'm gonna make myself secure enough so that you won't worry about me. It's, I wanna make it hard for you. So I'm gonna go and try and hack this person over here because their stuff oh. is not as locked down and, and, it's, and it's quite easier to get. Uh, so these people search websites, there's hundreds if not thousands, but I've uh, found 11 of these that are kind of the cream of the crop. And if you go in and remove yourself from these 11, they will trickle down to some of the smaller players and mm. you'll be surprised how quickly your information can get, can get purged. Okay, so say I've gone ahead and um, um, opted out of all of these aggregate sites, these people search sites. Am I done? What else do I need to do? Yeah, so, you know, you may have cleaned up your past <laughs> and cleaned up things that were currently on there, but how do you stop continuously, you know, continue to populate your personal information? So, you know, I'll tell anyone that, listen, that listens, I do not give out my real information if it's a situation where I don't have to. There's no benefit. For me, you know, I jokingly say, if it's a three-letter organization that's affiliated with the government, yes, you will get my <laughs> full information. But, you know, if I am sitting, uh, signing up for a newsletter through some service, you know, and and I don't, I don't want to give out my primary email account, so I create secondary accounts, uh, alternate information, so that mm -hmm. I can not have my personal and my main point of contact so readily available. Uh, and so, you know, from a, a phone standpoint, I have a Google Voice alternate number. So okay. if I'm, you know, need doing something that requires my phone number, I don't want to necessarily give up my main number because that that's tied to me. My mm -hmm. Google Voice number necessarily isn't. I have secondary email accounts. We sometimes refer to them as burner accounts where you can sign mm -hmm. up for, for things that may be suspicious or, or, you know, to help prevent you being inundated with spam and, and junk mail. Uh, and then you know, your address, this is something that I don't think it's enough credit or enough attention. Mm. You know, we talk about a lot of these things and they're all cyber related. But if you think about it, where is it that real world harm can mm. come to you? And that's where you live, you know? And so protecting that information to me is, is paramount. You know, social security numbers, credit cards, yes, protect them. Mm -hmm. Physical address is, is right up there at the top. And so I have a... P.O. box. I know that's not for everybody, and there's there's a cost attached to it, but it is something that I use quite frequently. Perfect example. Uh, last summer, my family and I were in our neighborhood, and they had a food truck that was coming for for dinner. You know, a, a little perk of living in the neighborhood, uh, and it was pizza. And so I'm there with my kids, and I walk up to the counter, and I say, you know, I'd like four slices of pepperoni. <laughs> They're like, oh, we don't take orders here. We need you to go to this website. So they had a QR code, right? Well, okay, I guess I can trust this QR code. So I scan it, takes me to their website. Well, what do they want? To, what do they want from me? They want my name. They want my mm -hmm. phone number. They want my email address. I even think they wanted my my home address. 
And I'm thinking to myself, all I'm doing is ordering a couple slices of pizza. Why do they need that information? So I'll go, I went to my, my go-to uh, alias, which is Art Vandalay, uh, which is for your Seinfeld fans <laughs> out there is, is, a, is a reference. I use my secondary Google Voice phone number. I use the burner email account and I use my P.O. box. Now, if I didn't have a P.O. box, I probably would have used some other landmark in the city because <laughs> they don't need that information. And mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know what security controls they have in place. Right. You know? And so my, my philosophy is assume that if you're giving out your information, that it's not going to be protected the way that I would like it to be protected. It's interesting because when you first started answering that, I thought, wow, these are kind of James Bondian ideas, an alias, you know, another email address. But actually, um, as you explained with, with getting the pizza, it's very easy, right? Because mm -hmm. you can just have that email address and that, that phone mm -hmm. number memorized. Mm -hmm. And like you say, you maybe, maybe you even know that person in the food truck and you know they're not going to use um, you know, misuse your information. Mm -hmm. But what happens when they have a data breach or mm -hmm. what happens when someone hacks them and does something malicious? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, best to protect it right at the source rather than trying to clean yeah. it up later. Yeah, and it can be difficult sometimes, you know, for for folks to maybe feel like they're giving out misleading or incorrect inf information. You know, there's some moral aspects to that. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, the, the barista at Starbucks, when she, she or she asks you for your name, you know, you can... I use art, you know, <laughs> I, is there any risk in them knowing my, my name? Probably not, but it's just, it's a way for me to feel confident that I can use it and kind of get, get in this routine. So we can all have a little alias. I like that. Yes, alias. <laughs> um, okay. So, so say you've cleaned up all these people searches, you're careful going forward about what you're giving out. You give out just a certain email and a phone number and address. Um, what, any other steps going forward to, make sure you're constantly protected. Yeah, there's this concept I like to say, you know, plant your flag. And that boils down to three government websites that uh, that you need to create an account for, for you and any other adults, you know, in your household. And, and the reason is if you don't create them, someone else might in your name, mm -hmm. you know, and information's readily available. So what's to stop them from impersonating me and going and, and creating an account at, let's say, the U U.S. Postal Service. They have an informed delivery service where they actually take a picture of your incoming mail and send it to you on a daily basis. Well, you know, bad actors have been known to sign up for someone before they have the opportunity to, and they can look at it and they can see, oh, you're getting a, you know, this looks like a credit card mm -hmm. or a credit card application. I'm going to go and steal that out of your mailbox and apply for a credit card in your name. There's the Social Security Administration. You know, even if you're not of age to benefit from Social Security, you can still go in and create and sign up for an account. And again, this is all on my on my website. And the third one is the IRS. You know, our, our good friends there, the Internal Revenue Service, <laughs> and you know that can be used for any types of tax implications, fraud, filing a, a tax return in your name with a hefty. Uh, hefty check, you know, that's going to get paid back to you. Uh, so those, those are the three sites where I really say you should, you should plant your flag before someone else does. That makes a lot of sense to really help protect yourself and your family. We've talked too about once you do all this with yourself, you should do it with your spouse, do it with your kids, right? Any, anyone else in your family. That's a very good point. Um, I have actually done that for most of the, most of my family and some of them don't even know it. Like, <laughs> I've gone in and removed some of the information. It's just easier if I'm going to go in and do it for me. It's it's not that much work to, to add a, an, an additional person. But it's not just 
your information, right? But it's it's your relatives and folks that may be tied to you who the bad guys might target. They're, you may be the ultimate goal, mm -hmm. but they're using someone else to get to you. Joey, this is great. You've really given us some great uh, tips on and how to think of ourselves a little bit like a super spy, like a James Bond, and really protect ourselves. But these are necessary things for everyone, no matter who they mm -hmm. are. Uh, and before you leave, we have a gift for you. Okay. This is one of our an IPS security hammer used to break glass, or if you're mm -hmm. trapped anywhere, or if you just mm -hmm. get frustrated with some of those <laughs> opt-out processes. Yes. So thanks for your time, okay. Joey. You can watch more from IPS with Love episodes on Media Connect and find more information on protecting your sensitive information by going to Atlas Connect and searching dark web. And also check out Joey's website, personalprivacyandsecurity.com. And we'll have that on the Atlas site as well. <laughs>